Hello and welcome to Mosaic Life Church's podcast. We believe that everyone can find hope and healing in Christ. My name is Jack Gonzalez, the lead pastor here at Mosaic. and We hope that you enjoy today's message and you're blessed by it. At the end of the message, I'll share some contact information with you. If you do have any further questions, you can connect with us. Have a blessed day. Today, we continue on with our message series titled The Coming King. And uh, let's take a moment to pray and we'll jump in. We'll jump in. Heavenly Father, we thank you to be in your house, to be with our brothers and sisters in the faith, to be in your presence, to be in your word. Thank you, Father, that we have these opportunities. It is a privilege and an honor. We approach you with reverence. You are our Heavenly Father. You are our God, our King, our Master, our Prince of Peace, our Lord, our Savior. You are Father, we thank you now. Give us understanding of your word. We understand that understanding only comes from you, so release that. Holy Spirit, go out and begin to make our hearts soft and tender, make our ears open. Help us to understand what you have for us today. Do a wonderful, powerful thing. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 You know what? As part of that, could we take a moment and just, just one other thing. I just want to pray this. It, you may or may not know, but you, um, there's a, a brother who's a part of our church family. His name is Brother John Ortega, and uh, he got rushed to the hospital this morning, uh, just having some issues here with breathing and struggling in some areas there. And as a church family, I just wanted to take a moment. I just, I just, I just want to take a moment. So just right where you're at, we're just going to pray and lift him up and where he's at and what he's dealing with, okay? Heavenly Father, we come before you, and we thank you, Lord, for our brother, John Ortega, and I'd, Father, just wherever he's at or whatever he's dealing, Father, would you just be with him in that room, in that space? Would you strengthen him and encourage him? Would you begin to bring healing over his body? Open his lung, open his pathways, open his arteries, let his heart pump well, Father, whatever it is that is happening now, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray, Father, your touch over his life. Holy Spirit, be in that room. Encourage your son and touch his body. Do what only you can do. We offer this prayer to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, let's jump into this. So we said, we said in the series that we are looking at angelic encounters that have been sent by God, who have met human beings, who have changed the course of their life, all leading us up to the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In week one, we talked about the angel Gabriel and how he met Zechariah and Elizabeth and how he told them about John the Baptist and how he would come. And we challenged you all as a church that we would be forerunners for Christ in our own way. That there are plenty of people around us who are not serving the Lord, not walking with the Lord, but we can tell with the signs and times of this life that Jesus is returning soon so that we would all be forerunners and share who Christ is. We would all be intercessors and prayer warriors preparing the way for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Last week, we talked about the angelic encounter with the angel Gabriel and him visiting Mary and everything that, that happened in there for Mary to come to the place. And we asked the question, why Mary? 
And we talked about how Mary lived a life surrendered to God. God chose her because of who she was in him before the moment ever came. And we challenged you all and said, listen, if you need to surrender this area of your life, you need to surrender this area of your life, you need to surrender your life. And we talked about these moments. Today, we continue on and we talk about a very important moment of scripture where we see Joseph. And it's this moment here that is, is so, I think, just so personal for each and every one of us. We're going to see this here in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. It's going to be our main text. We're really going to park there for today. Verses 18 through 25. You could follow along in your message notes, read it on the screen, open your Bibles. This is what the word of the Lord says. It says in verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, how is this possible? We talked about this, right? A surrendered life, right? God saw in Mary somebody that had already waved her flag. He saw her and says, I can use you. I can use you. I want to work in you. And so Mary accepts it and waves her flag again. Here's what the truth is, and I want everybody to get this. God saw Mary, so he used her. Then God spoke through an angel to her, and then she decided to go with it. What did she do? She waved her flag again. There are seasons in your life where it's not that you're not surrendered to the Lord, but there's a new area that you need to hand him over. You need to wave your flag again. And you just say, God, God has given you a new dream. God's given you a new hope. God's given you a new area, and you need to surrender it. You need to wave your flag again. God's giving you increase. God's giving you new territory. You need to wave your flag again and hand it to the Lord. And Mary does this, right? Are there any surrendered people in this place? Oh, we got like three. That's awesome. Hold on, let me get out, click out of these notes. Let me click into last week's sermon. We'll preach that one again. Are there any surrendered people in this place? Amen. Listen, here's what I want us to understand. Let God take care of the impossible. Your job is to be surrendered to him. What's the mountain in your life? What is, what is too big to even just contemplate what has burdened you what what door has shut on you what have you been struggling or dealing what is that area let god deal with the impossible your job is just to be surrendered let god do the miracle he's the one that's in the miracle business not us let god do the miracle your job is just to be surrendered say god your will done Right, that we come to that place. Verse 19, the Bible says this, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. Someone say faithful to the law. And yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, the Bible says that Joseph was faithful to the law. A lot of times people think, well, this is the, the Jewish law. So what does this mean? Like the Ten Commandments? What you need to know is that the Jewish law had 613 commandments in the Old Testament. Every area of their life, from how they, they washed their hands to how they did this or ate that or interacted with others, or this happened, so now you have to do this. 613 laws. Feel free to go to the Old Testament and count them all. They are there. 613 of them. 
So when the Bible says that Joseph was faithful to the law, this is what he was talking about. Now, Joseph wasn't perfect. No man has ever been or is only Jesus. But God saw a brother. He says, listen, I see that brother. I see him trying. I see him doing his best to be faithful to me. God saw something. He says, Joseph, I see honor in you. I see you trying to honor. I see you got some reverence. I see God saw in him. So because of the law and because of Joseph's love and kinded heart, he wanted to divorce her quietly, right? He wanted to keep it under the radar. He didn't want to come and bust her out. Ooh, girl, what? You did what? Oh, I'm about to put you on blast, girl. He just, nah, I ain't having that. What? He, he, didn't, he didn't do that. He, he didn't do that. He, he had this love inside of him. He had this kind heart inside of him. He says, okay, you know what, Mary, I don't know. I know you're trying to tell me that an angel spoke to you, and this is from God. But listen, baby, listen, I, I love you, but I can't. He, 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 he wanted to, to divorce her quietly. He wanted to keep this under the radar. In verse 20, the Bible says this, but after he had considered this, divorcing her, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Someone say, from the Holy Spirit. From the Holy Spirit. That's right. Verse 21, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus, the powerful, beautiful, holy name of Jesus. The name literally means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. It's the name given humanity to call on. And here's what I want everyone to understand. It is not too late. We're going to get ready to do this fast and we're going to identify five names. It is not too late. No one is too far gone. While they have breath in their lungs, they can call on the name of Jesus. Listen, there is nothing too impossible for God. Your job is to live surrendered. Let God do the miracles. Let God shake up. Let, 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 God, let God do the working. His job is to do the miracles. Your job is to live surrendered. Your, your, your job is to hand it over to Him. It's not too late. And if you know someone not serving the Lord, let them know it's not too late. Verse 22. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God's with us, right? This is, this is Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Isaiah is prophesying this 700 years before Christ would come. 700 years, he says these words. And what this means is that God came in the flesh, in the form of the Son. God touched down on human soil and changed everything forever. In verse 24, the Bible says this, When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. What did he do? Okay, somebody was... Somebody was <laughs> he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Amen. Quick recap, quick recap. An angel visits Mary. 
The Holy Spirit overshadows her. She becomes pregnant. Joseph is now aware of the pregnancy. He's trying to figure out his next move. And an angel speaks to him in a dream and says, this is all from God. And Joseph takes Mary home as his wife. This is what's happening. Here's what I want you to know. Trust is one of the most powerful and important components to you growing in your relationship with God. Trust. Trust. You want to grow. You want to mature. You're looking forward to 2024. People are making new resolutions. People are making decisions. We're going to pray and fast that we would go deeper into the presence of God. But trust is one of the most important and powerful components to you growing in your relationship with God. You see, Mary, Mary wasn't pregnant when Joseph was first interested in her. She wasn't pregnant. He, he, he didn't he say, oh, okay. She, she, she wasn't pregnant when he talked to her family. When he came and says, okay, hello, Mr. and Mrs. Mary's mom and dad. She, she wasn't pregnant, or however they worked it at that time, maybe arranged marriage, whatever the situation might be. She, she wasn't pregnant when they were engaged. She wasn't pregnant through any of that process, but now Mary is with childs. You see, this has everything to do with trust. And I know at times trust and faith can be used interchangeably, but I need you to hear me on this. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this. Do you trust God? Do you trust him? Do you truly trust God? Listen, if I were to have a sit-down with you, and I'm your pastor, and I love you, and if we were to sit down and have a conversation, maybe we're having some tacos or some tamales or having some coffee or some tea. Maybe we're having a good burger, okay? And we're sitting down and we're talking. And I say, you know what? Do you trust God? And maybe your answer is going to be, yes. Yes, pastor, I, I trust God. Of course I do, you know? I trust God. But then I say, okay, well, yeah. Let me ask you this. How far do you trust God? How, how far do you trust God? I, I mean, I mean well, let, me, let me ask you this way. What, what do you trust him with? What, what, what do you trust God with? When you begin, you're probably like making your list. Well, God, you know, I trust him with this. I trust him with that. And then I say, okay, 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 okay. Is there anything in your personal life that you don't trust him with? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me, let me dig here. And I say, well, is, is there anything in your life that's off limits? It's just off limits. Is there anything that you hold so tight in your life that you don't trust not a single human being in this world, including God? You don't trust him either. Is there anything like that in your life? Is there anything that maybe you've been hurt by? Is there any dream or situation or child or, or, or relationship or thing in your personal life or something that you just don't trust nobody with? You see, Joseph has a dream with an angel of God. The angel reveals God's plan. You see, as we take a look here at this story and we look into the context of this, this is not about Joseph trusting Mary. This is about Joseph trusting God. It's not about Joseph trusting Mary. And I know the world would say it's backwards. Come on, Joseph, bro. Listen, bro. You can't trust her, man. I know she's saying that this is from God, but bro, you can't trust her. You need to cut your losses and move on. 
Like, that's the world's advice. Come on. Listen, I'll tell you, church. Listen to me, church. If you listen to the world, you're going to miss out on your blessing. Go ahead and follow the advice of the world, and you're going to miss your blessing. Listen to the advice of the ungodly, and you're going to miss your blessing. It's going to come and go because you over here listening to something you should not be listening to. Instead of who you should be listening to. The Bible says in John chapter 8 verse 47, Jesus says these words, Whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. This is what Jesus says. In other words, in listening to God, you're actually showing that you belong to him. God, would you say, God? I'm trying to hear what you're saying. I'm trying to block out this other noise. These other people, this other media, this other situation, these other people who don't walk with you. I'm trying to hear, God, what are you saying? See, in trusting God, you're actually showing that you belong to him. There's proof. There's evidence. Think about proof or evidence here for a moment. Think about your child's, maybe your future child, maybe your grandchild, whatever your child's. But if you and your child were to go to the park, you're going to sit on the bench, your child's going to play on the playgrounds, and they're playing, they're having fun. And then all of a sudden, you, you, you yell out, it's time to go. You're like, Timmy, Timmy, my son, come on, let's go. It's time to leave the park, and we're going to go home. You're having this conversation. On the other side of the park, someone's on the other bench, and they're also calling your child's name. And they're also telling your child to come with them, a stranger, somebody you don't know. And they're saying, Timothy, come here, come with me. And you're on the other side, and you're saying, you're saying, no, Timmy, Timmy, come with me. You're my son. Whose voice is the child going to recognize? Who's the child going to run to? Hopefully the answer to both of those questions is you. See, here's what I want you to know. Whoever trusts God trusts his voice in their life. This is so important for every person to understand. You trust his voice. Oh, God, you spoke to me because he'll speak to you. He'll reveal to you. He'll show you. You won't be confused. He'll say, my child, this is what I want you to know. This is what I want you to do. So what do you do? You trust his voice. I know, but I don't sound right. I'm not sure about that. You're like, that's a lot of responsibility, or I'm not sure that makes sense because the world says, you know, people will be saying this, and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be. No, you trust God's voice. What do you do? You just walk in what God says. You trust him. Your job is to live surrender. He does the miracles. Your job is to trust him. God, if that's what you said, God, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be playing around. I'm not going to hesitate. I don't know if I should trust. Can I, can I? No, you just walk in him and you trust him. What has he told you? Where has he been leading you? Where has he challenged you? What has he asked you to give up? What is that area? God, what are you saying? Because that's what I'm trying to do. Whoever trusts God, trusts his voice in their life. In other words, it can't just be, well, I just say I trust God. Yeah, I trust God. But do you trust God with that area that's been held so tight? That area that's been off limits? 
that area that's been a struggle, that area, do you trust God there? See, brothers and sisters, God speaks. He does. He speaks. And you know it's his voice. Not only do you know it's his voice, but you know what you need to do. And for those of you who know God and you walk in a relationship with him, you know that this, what we're talking about, has everything to do with trusting God. It's not that Joseph doesn't trust Mary. It's because he trusts God that he can trust Mary. It's because this right here that I can trust that. Listen, baby, I know I did not believe you before. Because you know this, you were telling me it's from God, but God spoke to me. And when I heard God, I heard his voice. Now I'm walking it out. Before, I, I, I just couldn't conceive. I couldn't imagine. I hadn't heard. But now that I've heard, I know exactly what I need to do. I'm no longer confused. I'm going to do this because this is what the Lord says. This is the place that Joseph finds himself. This is what God sees in him. And each and every one of us need to learn to trust the voice of God in our life. Because God wants to speak. God wants more than anything else for you to trust him when he speaks. And he's always speaking. He's always guiding. And sometimes you know what he's doing? He's shutting doors. He is shutting some doors in your life. God, I would really like to walk through that door. And he says, no, my child, that door ain't for you. And then he's opening some new ones. And we're like, God, why did you shut that door? I thought that was going to be the one. We were going to be on this come up. It was going to be great. And God's like, why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you listening? And the, Jesus says in John chapter 7, verse 27, he says this, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. See, this is what Joseph's doing. Simply listening to the voice of his heavenly father and trusting him. Trusting the voice of the Lord in his life. That's what he's doing. This is what God sees when he's doing you know, about 1,000 years before the birth of Christ, there's another baby to be born. His name is David. It's going to be King David. You may be familiar with him. Through the bloodline of Mary, he is actually like the great-great-grandfather of Jesus, like 14 generations, generations before Jesus. And his relationship with God is someone that is often talked about, is often modeled. The Bible describes David as a man after God's own heart. And so we, we desire that, right? We desire to have our heart be after God's heart. We desire that our heart would beat as God's heart beats. And so there's so much to that. David wasn't a perfect man. David didn't always do the right thing. David made plenty of mistakes. But the Bible describes him this way, as a man after God's own heart. And we desire that for ourselves, right? We're talking about growing and maturing and, and new years, getting into new things and going deeper into the presence of God. And we, we, we want our heart to match God's heart. We, we want, God, if that's where your heart is, I want to be there too. And I know that hasn't been my regular or my norm, but that's where I want to be. And we see this here happen with David. Now, the thing is about David, David has made plenty of mistakes in his life. But he's learned a lot about trusting God through the process. He's fallen a lot of times. He's had to get up. He's learned to trust God. And one of the things that David has learned is that God is consistent and unchanging. 
You see, what David has learned is that it's us who change. It's us who are all over the place. We're high, we're low, we're all over, we're a little bit over there, we're a little bit over here, we're, we're all over the place. But David has learned that God doesn't change. God's not a roller coaster. God is unchanging. He's consistent. He's, 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 he's here, and he, he, he makes himself available for us to access him. And so David actually wrote down in Psalm 37.5, and at this point in David's life, he's learned a whole lot, but he says these words. He says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he'll act. After much time, David has began to understand this about the Lord. This is not rookie David. This is mature David. Could we say this together on the count of three? One, two, three. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Amen. How about that? How about one more time? Let's do it one more time. I need you just to speak out this. Here we go. One, two, three. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. God will always do his parts. It's us that sometimes fail to do ours. God will always be ready to step in. But it's sometimes us who fail to be consistent before the Lord. The truth is there are many who have asked God to do a miracle, haven't you? We've asked God to do the miracle, but we have failed to trust him. We have failed to truly commit our way to the Lord. God, I wave my flag. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, but we have failed to truly commit our way to the Lord. The Bible says, David has learned, his holy scripture says, God will act. God will act. We have our part. He has his part. So when God sees Joseph before he's ever even interested in Mary, he sees a man he can trust. He says, Joseph, I see you, brother. You don't, you don't even recognize this, but I see this in you. You don't know what's coming around your corner. You don't know that you're going to one day be interested in Mary. You don't know that one day you're going you're gonna to help me raise the son. You don't, you don't know this, but I see in you what you don't see in yourself. I know your steps, and what I'm looking for you is for you to simply trust me. And if you'll trust me, I'll open doors that no one can shut. I'll take you to places. I'll, I'll take you to places where the, the glory of God will be revealed in your life. What I need you to do is trust. I need you to live surrendered. And the rest, I'll take care of the rest. Don't worry. I got the rest. You live surrendered. So when God sees Joseph, this is what he sees. Joseph trusts God. But God trusts Joseph because Joseph trusts God. Come on, somebody, let me say it again. Joseph does trust God, but God trusts Joseph because Joseph trusts God. See, maybe the next part of your surrendering is truly trusting God with the outcomes of your life. What will happen? What is behind door number one? What will be the results of this that I keep putting this time and this energy into? I keep working at this. What is going to be the outcome? I keep praying about this. I keep hoping. I keep trust. What is going to be the outcome? Trusting God with what you cannot control. 
The Bible says this in verse 24. Gabby, verse 24. Oh, yeah. The Bible says this. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Could you imagine this here for a moment? Think about this. Think about this. I mean, he could have been like what when Joseph woke up, he had a dream. Whoa, that was a crazy dream. Bro, let me tell you about this crazy dream. That was probably the pizza I had because I don't know. Like the dream, like angel, like God spoke to me. And it, I mean, listen, this don't make sense. Like she's pregnant. It ain't by me. Like he's in this place. But what does he do? What happens? When Joseph woke, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded. He had heard God's voice. No more confusion. I know because I recognize his voice. So when I hear his voice, what does he do? He says, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home and his wife. Could you imagine that conversation? Listen, baby, I, I want to apologize to you because you said this was from the Lord, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't understand, and I want to apologize, and it's, it's, it's not even so much that I didn't trust you, but it's just I trust him, and now he's spoken to me, and so I, now I know what I need to do. You know what God is saying to you. The Holy Spirit is already speaking to you. You know what areas of your life you need to hand over and trust the Lord. You know. We could wave our white flag. God say, I'm surrendered, but what is it that is behind, deeper behind that flag? What, 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 is it, what is it that that you need to really trust the Lord from? Joseph understood what he needed to do, and then he did it. Sometimes we get caught up in the do it parts. Like, okay, God, okay, okay. But now that means I got to do something. And we need to just do it. Come on, Nike, just do it. Hey. You see, this is not blind trust. This is trusting God to be who God says that he is. And if God is consistent, and if God is unchanging, if, he's, if he is all-powerful, if he is the provider, if he has, holds all things in his hands, and we're the ones that have been here, and, and, we've, and we've been over here, and we've been all over the place, we are simply trusting God to be who he says that he is. It's not blind trust. It's trusting you are the Lord God Almighty, the maker and creator of heaven and earth. You are the one who spoke life and it came into being. You are the one who knew me in my mother's womb. You are the one who knows the amount of hairs on my head. You are the one who knows me in the quiet place, in the secret place, in my thoughts. When the lights are on, when the lights are off, you are the one who knows me. I'm trusting you to be who you say that you are. The creator of the heaven and earth, he speaks to you. Not me, him. This is my child. I don't change. I'm here. Trust me. You can trust me. That area of your life that you held on to so tight, that area of your life that you haven't shared with anybody, you can trust me. 
that area of your life that you've been hurt in. Brothers and sisters, I know some of us have been hurt. That's the truth. Let me say it for a moment. You've been hurt. Someone hurt you. Someone spoke something over you. It's been a lie from the pit of hell, and they've said it, and they've declared it. Whatever curse has been spoken in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we break it today. But you have hurt, and you've carried something with you. But God wants to heal you from that. He wants you to know that it was not him that hurt you. People hurt you. People hurt people. God is not in the business of hurting you. He loves you dearly. You are his child. You are his beloved. You are his child. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 23 verse 19, God is not human that he should lie. He is not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Some would call trust everything. Everything. Amen. He loves you dearly. Come up here. Are you familiar with trust exercises? Yeah. How are you feeling strong today? Can I trust you? Yeah. All right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to fall backwards into your arms. Your job is to catch me. Listen, church. None of us have eyes on the back of our heads. There are things that you cannot see, but guess who can? See, when God saw Joseph, he saw somebody he can trust. Joseph did not know what was around the corner for him, but God did. There are areas of your life that you need to trust the Lord with. You don't got a clear grasp on them. You don't know how you can control the outcome. You'd like to control the outcome, but you cannot. You're going to have to trust the Lord. You holding on to it does not give you control of what you cannot control. But you need to trust Him. You need to hand over to Him. You need to give to Him. Strong, right? Thank you so much. Can we give him a round of applause? The Lord's arms are open wide. This is my child. Just trust me. Just trust me. What's that area? Just trust me. God wants to know if he can trust you to trust him. Can you, can God trust you? If God puts something in your hands, can he trust you? Are you ready to trust God at a new level? I didn't say the same old level. Are you ready to trust God at a new level? It may be hard to see this, but your greatest blessing is on the other side of you trusting him.
It's there. He's got it reserved. He says, my child, you get here, and I got this for you. I can't give it to you here. You're still working out some areas. But if you'll declare it on this Sunday in December, if you're ready to take this step, this prophetic step, this step of action in the spiritual and in the physical, if you'll do that, this is what I have for you on the other side. You know, last week I had you wave flags, right? We've waved flags all in around this place, and we surrender to the Lord at this altar. And I told you that this stage is not just a stage, but this is an altar, a place where we surrender to the Lord, where we give to the Lord. Right? We've talked about the biblical mandates. We've talked about the scriptures and what an altar means and what we bring to the Lord here this morning at this altar before the Lord. I'm going to challenge you to do something a little bit different. Challenge you to do something that is, that is very prophetic, but it also, it puts the physical and activates your faith. It is easy to sit down and do nothing and say that you believe, but when you have to take action, it activates faith. It caused me to, you know what? I did get up. What I want you to do is this, it's simple. Ernesto, James, some others, they're going to have these little sticky notes. What I want you to do is I simply want you to take the sticky notes, write down an area that you need to trust God with, come to this altar and hold it in your hand. Just pray for a moment. Just pray for a moment. Just come and just hold it in your hand and say, God, I trust you with this area. The truth is I've been holding on to it. The truth is... <sighs> I haven't handed it to you. And all you're going to do is hold it in your hand. Fold it up. I don't need to know what it says. You want to tell me? Fine. But I don't need to know what it says. You write on it. Fold it up. Hold it in your hand. And say, God, I trust you with this area. We're going to close. We're going to pray. The worship team is going to sing a song. They're going to lead us into God's presence. You have this moment. Do not leave the same way that you came in. Let God work. Your job is to be surrendered. His job is the miracles. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, in the mighty and precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask right now, Father, that you would see your sons and daughters. You would see their hearts. And in this moment, we take steps of faith. We activate our faith. We believe you, God, in the physical and in the realm of the spiritual, God. We understand, Lord, your power and your dominion. We understand your call for us to live surrendered and for us to trust you with every area of our life, God. So we are going to hand to you in this moment right now, we are going to hand to you that protective area, that locked-in key area, God, that area that's been untouchable, Lord, that dream, that hope, that new level, God, that space, that desire, that thing you've been speaking to us, God, that, that thing that has been broken, we understand you can make it whole. God, that thing that has been dead, you, we understand you can bring it to life. So by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we ask your blessing. Father, move in this place. You are the head of this church, Jesus. We are your sons and daughters. May your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hey, Pastor Jack here. I hope you enjoyed today's message and were blessed by it. If you did have any questions or prayer requests or wanted to connect with us further, I did want to share with you our email address. You can certainly find more information about us at mosaiconline.org. If it's in Spanish, mosaiconline.org slash ES. Um, but you can also email us here. You can email us at helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. That's helpdesk, H-E-L-P, D-E-S-K, helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. And you can send your message to us right there. We'd love to connect with you. That messages will get forwarded over to me and our team, our pastors, our staff, and we would love to help you and pray with you and come alongside you. God bless you.